We're in the middle of a series on what should you do when your plans seem hindered. And we're using First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 to 6, verse 17 to 19. And in verse uh, 18, Paul says, Therefore we wanted to come to you in Thessalonica, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. And we're answering that question. What do you do when your plans have been hindered? And we said, first of all, we need to make sure that we fight the good fight of faith. We've covered that uh, at great length. Number two, we said, when your plans are hindered, you need to hold on to your vision. And thirdly, we said, when your plans are being hindered, you need to protect your soul from being weary. Paul uses this word hinder, which is the Greek word engopto, which means when somebody cuts in or somebody elbows you out of your lane as you are running. We note that Paul, in spite of being hindered, he did finally write a letter to the church at Thessalonica, which means that even when Satan tries to hinder us, we will always find a way. And we should find a way to still do what God has called us to do. And so today, I want to look at deciding to be a finisher. When Satan tries to hinder you, you tell him, I am still going to finish. No matter how long it's going to take me. Decide to be a finisher. And I want to use the subtitle, the determination to be a finisher. When you read through the Bible, you will note that one of the major emphasis that the Bible places on our journey is not only on starting, but it's on finishing. You know, anybody can start, but not everybody finishes. As you see how the steps go, you know, and I know right now we are under lockdown, but when we were not under lockdown, and I like to use the gymnasium as an example. Let's assume maybe we go down to level what? Zero. Okay, level no lockdown. Right? Let's say, assume that we go down to level no lockdown in January, and we are back to the gymnasiums. I tell you, in January, the gyms are overflowing with candidates who have plans. Are you understanding what I'm saying now? People who say, we want to work out this year, I want to have a healthy body. You know, I want to make sure I deal with my, six, my one cooler bag and make it a six pack. Right? I just want to make sure I lose weight or I what, what, I become healthy. In churches, we even have to have extra services just to accommodate the people who are rededicating their lives. Everywhere. I mean, couples kiss again and say, this year, we are not fighting. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. Everywhere you go, people write New Year resolutions. People are in a good mood and so on. I know. You know, in churches, we keep on adding chairs and having extra services. I know that's only going to last us until February. 
I mean, some people don't even last until June. By February, they've run out of steam. People enroll. Yes, my brother, bless you. People enroll at school. Go to university. Go wherever. Everybody is on the best side of things. And they say, this year is this year. It's not like last year. But come February, March, people have, you know, given up. And the secret in life is not how fast you run, but it's in how long you run. It is not how quickly you start. The question is, will you get there? I like watching some of the documentaries. You know, uh, the hyenas. One of the secrets of the hyenas, the reason they're able to be able to get prey, is that hyenas are not very fast in running. Mara, they've got stamina. So, yeah, so, yeah, you, so you, you can run as they chase you. They'll just keep on chasing. Kurubo <laughs> khatale. They'll just keep, until they get you, until you run out of Ntuena. I believe that you're a hyena. No, I'm not saying you look like a hyena. I just say just have a hyena attitude that we run until we catch prey. Amen. When you read the book of Kings, and I read it a while ago, one of the things that struck me as I read the way it's structured is in how it looks like in the book of Kings, the emphasis, emphasis on the lives of the kings. You can read how they started, the things they did, but then towards the end of their lives, the Bible will so talk about how they finished. And even, even more important is that they finished well. So even when their lives have been chronicles and you, you note how their journey panned out and you see that Finishing is a habit that we must all cultivate because we can easily slip into the habit of starting projects and never finishing. You can have so many startups that you just never get there. I mean, you enter your degree half, 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 you know, everything half, you know, half, everything. And so you find, you meet a person, they have done so many things. Mara, they never stayed with anything long enough. You know, so about my mom, I mean, CV Abona is very impressive. Check of all trades, but they, they haven't mastered anything. They are not really great at anything. Am I, am I speaking to people, you know? The masks makes you like, make you like you're not listening to what I'm saying. As long as you're listening, try to smile with your eyes now, all right? If you're able to do that. Okay. Listen to what Jesus says in John 4, 34. He said, my meat or my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's what we want to do. I don't know about you, but I want to finish what God has assigned me to finish on this earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing else to do. If I do anything, it will be extra fella. But I have finished and I pray for that grace. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, we've read this the other weeks, when he is talking to the elders in Ephesus. He says, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things 
move me. Nor do I count my love dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. See, if you want to finish, there are things that mustn't move you. Criticism mustn't move you. Opposition mustn't move you. Lack of resources mustn't move you. Even sickness and disease must not move you. Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? Paul says, where I'm going, I know. There's a lot of problems. I've been hearing, even the Holy Spirit is testifying to me. the things that are awaiting me. But none of these things move me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you mustn't be easily moved. Just tell them, don't be easily moved. So we need to be resolute in our hearts that whatever task we start, we finish. I've learned over the years that even as a leader, at times you may not deliver on your promise within the frame of time that you want. But you should make sure that you keep your focus as best as you can. And you should make sure that none of the things move you. Can I hear an amen from you? So Jesus did all things well while he was here on earth. And that even includes the way he went to the cross. In John 19 verse 4, this is what he says to God. He says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. See, when you complete what God has given you to do, you give glory to him. His name is praised. His name is glorified. Jesus knew why he came and he stayed true to his purpose. He finished his work and trusted himself to the Father and died on the cross as seeming failure to those closest to him. But beloved to his heavenly father. See, the greatest test that Jesus had to give us was in the garden of Gethsemane. And I know Raibina Chetisimane so many times, but that was the greatest test ever that he had. Paul himself finished well when he said, I want to finish. None of these things move me. This is what he says at the end of his life. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me also, but also to those who love his appearing. Somebody say, I have fought the good fight. Say it, I have finished the race. Say it, I have kept the faith. So now, how can I be a finisher? I want to suggest the following things to you. Number one, number one, be selective on what you embark on. In other words, don't just pick up projects and things that are yours and start them. Only focus on your particular assignment. Don't pick up on other people's things, other people's visions, and make it your vision. Don't keep adding to your life things that God never assigned you to do in the first place. All right? So be selective. Note, the very scripture we've read, Paul says, 
I have got the food good, I have fought the good fight. He says, I have finished my course. My course, not somebody else's course, my course. I have finished my course. The question is, do you know what your course is? Do you know? It's almost like athletes who are on a racetrack. Everybody gets assigned their track. You know in a race. When you run in a race, when you hit the finish line, even if you are number one, the condition for you winning is that you must still be on your track. If you run and outrun everybody, but when they check you have gotten into somebody else's lane, you get disqualified. Even if you didn't stay in your lane. This is why you need to ascertain in your life that what you're doing with your life is God's calling for your life. I tell you. That's why, you know, this thing that I'm teaching on prophecies and prophets during the week is very helpful. Yeah, because there are people who are doing things that they have been prophesied over and God didn't even instruct that. Paul says, I have finished my course. When you start a project, especially one that's a large one, be sure that it is God's will for you. John Maxwell makes a very sobering statement. He said, imagine going out with fever pitch to climb up the ladder of success. And so you rush to the top of the ladder, and when you get to the top, only then do you realize that you are standing on the wrong wall. Just imagine, after all that, you realize you are standing on the wrong wall. This is not where you are supposed to be. And so, establish before you move, if the lane you are in, the course you are in, is God's will for you. All right? That's number one. Be selective. God didn't call you to solve the world's problems. You see, and that's important, Bazalana, because sometimes we, we, want, we want to have this feeling that, you know, people must come to us for everything. You know, sometimes people come to me to advise them about money. And I say to them, hey, I can only tell you a few things, but I'm not a finance person. I know how to handle personal money. We know my wife and I, God's been gracious to us to help us to know how to handle money. I can tell you how to handle it. But beyond that, when you talk about the business, whatever, I don't know. Never be afraid to tell people that you don't know. Are you understanding, Bazaar? Yes. And I know people have great faith in us. And I'm thankful to God that people regard us in a high light, in, in that light, you know. But let's be honest, Bazana. There are things we don't know. Yes, you, you, if you come and ask me about construction, and us. Yes, so you, 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 you see, so be at peace to say, I don't know. Amen. Yeah. Know what you know, know what you don't know. I think it's even better to know what you don't know. It's even bad not to know that you don't know. You know, it's, it's a sad thing when you see somebody who's convinced that they know. But when you listen to them, you know that they don't know. But they don't know that they don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, they don't know. They speak with so much conviction. And you can hear what they're saying is not so. Mara, they don't even know that they don't know. Number two, assess correctly that that which you are undertaking you should have the resources to see it to the finish line. Very often people start things that they cannot finish or they start things without understanding what it's going to take to finish it. 
Jesus talks about it in Luke chapter 14. He says, for which of you intending to build a tower doesn't sit down first and count the cost? Jesus says he intends to build a tower. You must sit down first to count the cost. He says he must count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see him begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So we need to assess correctly. You know, if you're going to finish something, you must let people tell you the truth. I remember several years ago talking to Pastor Ray about building projects, and he told me something I will never forget. So he said, I, I, when we were building this building, way back, 2000, 2000, 2001, so I was discussing with him, I think towards the end of 1999 or something. He says to me, Mose, he calls me Mose, please don't call me Mose. No, yeah, he's, he says, Mose, these buildings, they never ever, uh, 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 we never ever uh, uh, spent the amount of money that they told us we were going to spend. He says, it always costs you more, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why when you are going to build, if Barry is going to cost you nine rands 99, you must budget for 20 rands. Because it never costs you nine rands 99. It always costs you more. So very often people don't know. So how nine ninety-nine? Don't plan for a project early nine ninety-nine. Plan for a project that is costs less than nine ninety-nine. You're not getting what I'm saying, ne? You're not getting what I'm saying, right? You know, you must assess correctly. It's very important for you to rather don't push yourself to the limit. Make sure you have something in reserve. Don't always live on the edge of having to have a miracle every day. Are Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. You know, please don't push yourself. Some people, their faith is more of worry and anxiety than faith. They push themselves so much to the edge that every day, they have to swing from one branch of miracle to the other. You know, you've got to assess correctly. Know when you start something. It's good sometimes to have people who can debrief you, people who can explain to you. You know, when I've spoken to many young people who start churches, when I sit them down and I say, you know, when I'm going to start a church, you'll need this, you'll need this. Sometimes you can see when someone is not listening. Yeah, sometimes you can see, Uri, you know, they're kind of saying, ah, matala. <laughs> so, and, I, and I can see that without listening. It's like some of you, when you're going for premarital counseling, Uri, what, what can go wrong? What can happen? We are madly in love with one another. We have fallen in love. We are all madly in love. They want to teach us about conflict resolution. We don't need that. We have no time. You can see they're sitting there, this couple, really bored. Yeah. You know, they, they don't know how to assess correctly. Look at your neighbor. I think your neighbor needs that. Just look at them and say, you know what? That's a message specially for you. Yeah, what can go wrong? They say these ones, they've been married for too long. Look, by a power much. There's no love. You think couples who are not squeezing each other and hugging and kissing in public, Bapor. You don't know. They've graduated. They do that. Marabaiz who are doing that doesn't mean that Ratan. Because some of you let's show off. Let's squeeze on a little bit. Marale chiga kara lalwan. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I, oh, oh, Bishop Obone. Today he was, was Obone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. So you need to assess correctly. Know that you're going to finish. You've got to commit yourself to that and say, you know what? I'm going to see this thing to the finish line. I'm going to be the last woman standing. I'm going to be the last man standing. You know, some of you, you've started companies. You've started projects. You've started, and, in, and you know, people fizzle out. I was talking to somebody yesterday who was telling us, and we were laughing in the car. They were telling us about, you know, the projects of farming. You know, some of our sisters and brothers who get the farms to go and do farming, they, they don't know. It looks nice when you see the cabbage there. They, they don't know. What makes the cabbage to be like that? So you find that people don't stick to it at all. Can I hear a good amen in the heart? Number three, stop being a perfectionist. If, if you are going to finish, right, please understand that sometimes what you are doing might not be 100%. So stop overthinking things and stop being too anxious that nothing must go wrong. You understand me? Get into it. Hallelujah. Yeah, I, I can see this message is really right for you. Eh, <laughs> Stop being a perfectionist. It's, it's a real problem. In 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, Paul says to Timothy, Therefore I remind you, I'm reading the New King James Version, I remind you to step the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Now, sometimes being a perfectionist can cause you to be so fearful. Now, I don't have problems in doing a feasibility study. It's very important to face the facts, to define reality, like we said. However, there are times when you can be so over-anxious about hitting all the right keys that you just never start. That you never start. Now, I'm not saying be careless. I'm not saying just jump off a building without thinking. I mean, don't do that, Right? No, don't do that. Don't take unnecessary risks, right? But there are times when you need to have the courage to still start even when you don't have 100%. If you have 99.9999999% and that this uh, 0.00011% that's holding you back and you are waiting for years and you're not starting, you better start. I thank God for the courage we had to start building this building. I mean, when we started building here, we didn't have the title deed to the land yet. We had gotten through all the stages. We had done everything, presented to every department. Everything was correct. But there was this one letter that was supposed to be signed by this one official. For four years, they didn't sign. Four years. It was on their desk. Four years. One day as I was praying, I felt an impression in my spirit that start building. So we went to them. We said, look, Technically speaking, the place we've been given permission is just your official. Who's the, I don't know signature how long it takes to sign, but it's been four years now. I said, give us a letter of permission to say that you are allowing us to start the process of building. I thank God for that. And every time I stand here, I remember that. And I will say it for as long as I live, I remember every time I stand here. I didn't realize that starting that early prevented us from being blocked to build here. Had we waited just one more month, we wouldn't have had the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we started building in the process, 
towards the end, you know, with building, because we are delayed now for four years, the escalation of building material. You see, they had given us a quote, Yahore, this is going to cost us uh, uh, 18 million, I think they said. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, 18 million. Ended up costing us 23 million. So it had gone up by 5 million, and million ain't now, and, and, and we had 18 million that we had co- collected over 18, 19 years. But now I needed an extra 5 million in a few weeks' time. What are you going to do? But that's where you see the hand of God. Are you there, Bazalan? And the hand of God will be upon your life too. And God came through for us and we were able to have a bond, get a bond to finish off here. We were supposed to pay it off in 20 years or 10 years. It was 10 years, 20 years, 12 years. 20 years, we're supposed to pay it off in 20 years. We paid it off in two years. I remember when we were taking in the last installment, they said, How? Because if you pay it quick, you cut off on the interest. They said, No, you can't pay. You can't pay it. The contract says you can't pay before so many years. I said, Oh. They said, If you pay, we penalize you. I said, All right. I paid Kasalaka one rand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I everything, technically speaking. Come on now, I just paid. And I said, we will owe you one rand. You can charge us interest on that one rand. <laughs> and I remember, after a few months, they came back and said, all right, we will waive all the penalties. Okay, you can pay off. So we paid off the one rent, and then after that they said, do you want a bond now from us? <laughs> what am I saying? At times, if you try to be a perfectionist and everything must line up as it should, you'll never start. Not everything is going to be 100%. Sometimes you start even when you have fear in your heart. Sometimes you start even when people have walked out on you. Sometimes you start even if the money is not enough. Now, just be sure God is talking to you about it. Don't take unnecessary risks now. But don't be a perfectionist. Why? Because if you overthink what you do, you'll end up in a place where you are paralyzed by analyzing too much. It's called analysis paralysis. If you overanalyze and you are too much uh, uh, blocked by not try, you know, most people focus more on not making mistakes. So you end up not trying anything because So you end up not doing anything. You end up not doing anything. So go ahead and do something. And number four, and in conclusion, commit to what you have planned. Once you start, commit to it. Commit to it. Commit to it. Let me just do one more. Number six, number five, what? Number five. Celebrate what you have done so far. In other words, celebrate the small wins. One of the things that will really help you to really finish, uh, you know, to finish is that you, you got to celebrate every small win. When we were building this building, for instance, let me give you an example. When we erected the steel structure, you know, we still had a long way to go. But I remember we came here and had a ministry of helps training under the open skies. Yeah. With bricks and everything around here. We came here. We had a service. Why, why? I want people to be encouraged. Because certain things take a long time to finish. 
And if you don't look at how far you have come and celebrate what you've done, you will not have the strength to go another mile. I see people who jog, you know. I see there's a lot of you who jog on Saturday, and congratulations. I wish I could be one of you. <laughs> I've seen them. There's a filling station near Sosol Garage along, you know, Columbine, right at the top where if you drive there past a certain time, you see a lot of people, who runners, who are there just for a water break. They're just taking a little bit of a break. They're going to run again. Well, they're not running to compete, but they're run, But you see, they've, they've just taken a break, and then they can't carry on and run more. Well, and I know it's not easy, but just smaller than a break. It's such a good thing. So sometimes you just need to take a break and see how far God has brought you. Some of you don't appreciate how far God has brought you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Maybe not everything is where it ought to be in your life. But the truth is this. You are not as far back as you can be. I mean, let me be honest, Barcelona. If, uh, according to me, I'd love to have zero, Rebecca level zero. I want us to go back to normalcy, fully. I'd love the, you know, for us to open up, have all the children and all the young people. However, I know after the lockdown, the struggles we went through to get momentum. I know how difficult it was, and, but we started. And even if we had few people, we celebrated. You remember the time of 50 people? We still went and still celebrated. See, why? You want to celebrate the smaller Nyana wins. Because this is a long way that you're going. You're going to need the encouragement of the small wins to move on. See, this is why when God created the world, when we read in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 3, a very interesting thing when you read there. The Bible tells us about God in Genesis 1 verse 3. It says God created the, the night and the day. God did this. And then it says, and God saw that everything was good. In other words, after each day of creating, whether it was a day or a thousand years, whatever your theology is. But after God had done what he needed to do at that time, he would step back and look at it. I remember a builder who built our home, my home, you know, a four-roomed house that was extended. And there was this man called Tatesukhapan. He was an incredible man, you know. In front of our house, there was an open space. It's been built up now. But he would go to that open space and look at the house from there and fold his arms and look at it. And he would look and look and he would come back. Almost when he was coming back, he was half walking, half running, half bouncing. I mean, and, and you could see the brother is happy with what he is seeing. You need to step back and see how far God has brought you. <laughs> hey, you are no longer where you used to be. Maybe you're not, you are not where you want to be, but you are no longer where you used to be. I'm glad when I come to church, even if there's only 250 of us, I'm glad with what I see. I'm glad that we're on Soway to TV. I am glad that we're on YouTube. I am glad that we are on Twitter. I am glad that we're on Facebook. I'm glad. It may not be the final destination, but I'm celebrating the small wins. And say, you got to celebrate the small wins. Can I, can I hear an amen in the house? Celebrate. Celebrate the small wins. God has brought you a long way for you to give up and think that you will not get there. And that God brought you from where he brought you from. That God got 
helped you in your depression, in your loss, when you were losing your mind, when people had given up on you, when you had given up on life. Look at you today. Look how far God has brought you. God will take you to the finish line. Be determined to run to the finish line. Just look back and say, oh, Nkuluguluwame has brought me a long way. And if God can bring me this far, I believe God will take me to the finish line. Can I hear an amen in the house? And God will bring you to the finish line in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for you today. Some of you, you've given up on your journey. I'd like to take this time to pray for you. Those of you who are there, who have decided to say, Jesus, will you come into my heart? Will you be the Lord and the Savior of my life? Will you change me and make me a child of God? Let's all stand on our feet. If you're in this auditorium, please. Just bow your hands, close your eyes, and everywhere, just bow your hands, close your eyes. If you need to receive Christ, raise your hand now. I want to pray for you and invite Christ to come into your heart. Pray with me, everybody. Follow me in the prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you, Father. Not only do I pray for these who have received Christ, I pray for those who may be feeling discouraged right now, those who have lost all hope, those who feel like it's not worth living. I pray for them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen.